0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling in the same stinking room. Holy heck, it finally happened. I'm Matt, the producer, and this is the growing season right here on News Talk Saga 960 AM. And ladies and gents, I am so proud to say that myself, my mother, and now my father are all in the same room doing the show. Jacqueline McFarlane, Mom and Dad, join us. Guys! Thank heaven. How's this, this is, feel?
1: This is historic.
0: This is historic. Mom just said to me off air that this has been six months. It has been six months, and my parents have a lovely recording studio in their house, and we also have the honor of being in Saga 960 Studios off and on as well, but we had been doing it, me remotely from home, and mom and dad from the comfort of their studio. And finally, finally, we are in the same room together, as well as finally, finally, the trees are showing exactly what they're made of. Fall color is in full swing, Many of you in Mississauga might not be experiencing it yet, but where we live, where my parents and I live in the Caledon area, fall color is now in full swing. The Sumacs finally look like they are appropriate, finally look like just this big green blob, and the burning bush, oh my God, they're doing their one stinking thing that they do all freaking year, and they're doing it right now, as well as we can't experience it much because cases of COVID are rising and my children are home, and uh, I may be drinking way too much wine, but anyway... (laughs) On this week's show, we're going to be chatting about fall color. Now, we have touched on this topic before, but what we're going to be doing is chatting about many of the things that we did not touch on. For those that are not tuning into The Landline, that is our streamed show at Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. all across Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter via Periscope. We basically expand on the stuff that we don't get to right here on The Growing Season. We usually get to about 5 to 8% of the actual material. This week, fall color is what we're going to be chatting about. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt, all in the same freaking room! <laughs> And this is the growing season right here on News Talks, like at 9:60 a.m. On the other side, brace yourself because them fall colors just happening. You're tuning into the growing season right here on News Talks, like at 9:60 a.m. We're back. I'm Matt the producer, a.k.a. Matt McFarlane, with mom and dad and guys. As we made mention, we're back in the studio together. This is fantastic. Yes? not too bad, Matthew, but this room is bloody hot. Yeah, it gets <laughs> warm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you start he- hearing, yeah, <laughs> that's just the sound of my butt on the chair. <laughs> oh, Matthew. <laughs> I pity the people coming in here afterwards. Okay. We touched on fall color last year, Dad, when it was just you and I. And uh, now that we've brought on the matriarch here, we're going to mm-hmm. challenge on, on fall color again. And one of the things that I want to stress is, this is not going to be a, a complete repeat. This Actually, this isn't going to be a repeat at all. If you if you want more background on fall color, we do have a fall color podcast. I can't remember the exact date, but it, it will be one that will have fall color on the artwork.
1: Yes, I Dan? think it's in October, Matthew. I was looking at it, and I think it's around October the 14th or something. Okay.
0: okay. Wonderful. Man, it's weird to be in the same room. Holy crap. Yeah. Two sets of eyes looking at me. It's very, very strange. Why... Am I seeing on my notes here that this all has to do with aboriginals?
1: Because it does. Why? At
2: least some of our stuff
1: does. Some. The maples and all of that were here. Okay. But our aboriginal people, for thousands and thousands of years, managed our forests. Now, when the Europeans first came to this continent, they saw these vast stretches of forests and thought they were pristine, but they're not. The aboriginals had a way of managing them with fire to their benefit. They used controlled burns to keep their trails and pathways clear of underbrush. Also, it kept it nice and quiet for hunting so when they stepped down, there was no crack. They cleared out whole areas to make metals for prey animals to gather. So, Mom,
0: one of the things that we're going to have a glorious time getting getting to know or getting to help you with is notice that Dad and I don't have our hands on the table. Ah, right, because Mom is all like,
1: and then the natives are doing all (laughs) that. I could do a drum beat for
0: you if you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. It's so. yes. Keep those hands off, off the table. Learning as we go here. And this is mom gets to go through all of the exact same things that Pops had to go through where oh. it was like, don't do this, don't do that, stop doing this, don't look at that, don't don't even breathe near it. Stop picking your nose. Oh yeah.
1: No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. Oh, joyous time.
0: Joyous time. Right? Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. So they were the, the managers of the forest. Now, yes. when you say control burn, here's, here's the thing. I never what exactly does this mean? Now I understand that they're burning for a certain purpose but how do you put the fire out
1: once they're it's up and going? They must have had ways of controlling it, Matthew. I didn't look into it that much. I just know that they had techniques for controlling the burn. They had such great knowledge of the land. They knew how to burn it and what to burn so it wouldn't and what days to burn it. Obviously, I don't think they'd pick a windy hot day. And they knew which wood would burn faster or quicker or more, more uh, hotter yeah. than other yeah. wood. So they just knew. But Matt, what and now
0: Dad's tapping the table as, as well. Sorry, I'm you. sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry
2: <laughs> no, Matt. I also read that they they had a, a working knowledge of just how various woods burned and so forth. Of course. So they did. how they got into the tissues of the wood themselves. So they would always keep an eye on this, and they wouldn't just all of a sudden go out on the hottest, driest day in the world and go out there and and try to you know, do things with their forest in order to produce a
0: product that your mom's going to mention. Speaking of uh, controlled burn, it feels like this room's got a controlled oh, burn yeah, on. Yeah, it's got a it's ton here. We're, uh, we're saturated here. Yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of nipple sweat going on here. Yeah. Mom, sorry, what you were
1: going to talk about? I forget
0: what you're talking about. But.
1: Well, one of the reasons they did these controlled burn was so that plants that provided them with food would grow better. And one of the trees that they really liked, especially in March, was the maple tree because it provided them with maple sugar.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say forsythia, and I was going to No, kick no, your ass no. Out they, of the room. They, they probably used <laughs> those in the wood Hopefully for the whole. Hopefully, all of those forsythia were burnt. <laughs>
2: yes, and, and also, Matt, they had also provided nuts and berries, but that's a different show altogether. <laughs> that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes.
0: That's right. That's right. So then, we so then they were the they were the managers of the of the forest. <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: How the heck does this tie into fall color? Because they burnt out the stuff, got rid of the stuff that wasn't beneficial, it allowed the stuff that they wanted, and particularly the maple tree. Now there was a lot of other trees that were a bit very beneficial to them too, but it's the maple that gives us a spectacular color, and for them, it gave them sweet. Okay, but so great—that's great. How does that affect?
0: fall color. So what you're saying is that they More were,
1: and more maples. Okay. So they yeah. were
0: they were choosing, they yes. were allowing certain things to survive and then certain yeah. things they to die. They actually
1: established sugar bushes.
2: But Matt, they also let other trees grow as well, like choke cherries and so forth. Yeah. Okay. And they would make various things with it. of course, never eat the seeds because they're based on the, what are they, cyanide or something, the actual right. seeds themselves. But they say, you know, terribly tart. But Matt, you got to understand, before the sugar from the sugar maples came along, Matt, they would... Basically be using things like, say, mulberry, which was growing, growing wild in their forest. They were also using blueberries, maybe some wild raspberries and so forth for sweetening agents. So that's, this is what they were using prior to them really getting down, on, uh, up and close and personal
0: with the sugar maples. Okay, so, so somewhere along the lines here, someone Creat- creates an open wound on a sugar maple in March by accident. And the thing begins to bleed, bleed out essentially. And someone goes along and said, wait a second, and licks that sap and says, wait a second. Sweet. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Where does the let's let's boil it come in?
1: That I don't know. Uh, they boiled it in big bark troughs. Uh, bark yeah. troughs? How mm-hmm. do they not burn the trough? Well, they, they put hot rocks in it. <laughs> they also put the maple syrup in a trough and uh, would leave it there and let it freeze overnight. See, they they would make the maple syrup in March. The sap starts to run in March, warm days, cool nights, below freezing, and that's when they would do it. They had no other way of sweetening the food except for with the berries that Dad talked about and maple syrup because, remember, the honeybee wasn't there until the Europeans came. There were bees. There were bumblebees, which don't collect a whole lot of stuff. They don't have much honey to share and there were solitary bees, so it's not like they could just run into the forest and rob a beehive if they wanted something sweet. So maple syrup was it. So they kind of, in a way, almost like forest gardening, cultivated these beneficial trees and shrubs that they wanted. So that's how they—that's how we got our super fall cool color. Matthew. Super and this is cool. something
0: to get used to, Dad. Just letting her take over the whole show, right? No, it's—I it's, love it. I'm just—I'm I'm, I'm
2: not—I'm I'm not—I'm not knocking it. It's just it's wow. A, this it's is about time, Matthew. Dad, I agree. Your mom is actually. Got in front of the mic again. When was the last time? Mar- March, March the eleventh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember that week because that was the week that Mar- March twelfth. We got told the schools were closing. March thirteenth was my last day.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. This is. It's been. It's been nuts. Okay. So we've established now that the natives, the Aboriginal Canadians, were the ones that were they had they have chosen or they helped to create the show that we have today. I'm assuming then that this is happening all across the The area here into the States, into New England and such. Oh, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. aboriginals they had going on. Native we're, we're Americans, practicing the they called them there. Right? The science behind all of this, or am I missing any of the history here? No. no. It, it basically, Matt, if you
2: went down uh, down east, let's say, they were using things like, say, cranberries for sweetening. So that's about all, Matt. Otherwise, they they all flipped over to the, uh, using the,
0: the sugar material from the sugar cane. Apparently, my dad thinks that we are in Jamaica at this point. <laughs> Do you mean sugar maple? Yes. Yes. Okay. We are not in Jamaica as much as we would like to be at this point. Feels like Jamaica. It does. This is a... Yes. This room is, is, uh, is warm. This is brought to you by Velcro. Sound of uh, certain parts of my body separating from other parts of the body. So, okay. There's the history end of this. Now, we it behooves us to make the rundown here of the science of this. Although we have touched on exactly why this happens and how this happens. But for those listeners that are, are only tuning in now and have not heard last year's explanation of this, let's, ch- let's chat about the science of why this freaking happens. This is a multifaceted process.
2: Sure. Matt, basically everything uh, goes back to the summer solstice, say June 21st to June 23rd. That's when all the, the various trees and plants and so forth all start Getting ready for fall oh. color. Oh, wow, they are
0: early preparers.
2: They're really yeah. prepared. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But in the end, it, uh, what happens in the summer has a lot to do with what is going on now in the fall. Do you know what I mean by that by any chance?
0: Well, what Pops is alluding to here is essentially the, the type of summer that we had will go to affect the amount of fall show. It's not going to affect when the leaves begin to change, really but just the intensity no. of the fall
2: show. No, it's going to speed it up. It's going to speed it up in some cases because if a leaf becomes basically weakened from the summer being, say, hot, yeah, then the tree has this ability to kick off any leaves that it doesn't want. And in the meantime, some of these trees might show signs of fall color earlier. Okay. But here's the most important thing. Everything is basically uh, uh, based on light. You know what I mean by that, Matt? Well, I thought that fall color was based on Night. It is, but night and light. Let's just start at the beginning. Light.
0: Okay. So what happens here is when the days begin to get shorter, or when the day-night ratio begins to change in that there's more night than there is day, that is the those are the switches being flipped for the trees to basically shut down. The majority of their photosynthesis. Eleven hours, Matthew. Is eleven a, is, hours is eleven hours of, of sunlight. Okay. Is so what? Is that the threshold?
2: That's where it normally flips. Okay. Okay. Around so anything hours. less than eleven hours. Yes. Or or more, more than eleven hours, then it won't change at okay, all. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It has all to do with the the mask, the chlorophyll mask. Yeah. And what happens is that trees and plants and everything produce chlorophyll, stored in the chloroplast. Yep. And then it it keeps that until. At a certain point, it starts to to deteriorate, okay? Yep. And what's happening is, as a tree or a plant uh, is starting to, you know, change color or drop its leaves, something called hormone, which is called auxins, comes into play, Matthew. And auxins is stored basically in the stem of the leaf, and it tells, it no longer, sorry, it doesn't tell anything because (laughs) trees can't talk or That's right, Yeah. But it, it, it moves, it stops the movement of nutrients from... Say the stem, the branches, or the... Wait a minute. The, so
0: this thing clogs?
2: Like it, it, actua- just it just stops. It just stops moving. Wow. So the nutrients no longer can move. And then what it does do, though, it, it, in, it in, um, increases the ethylene produced, again, another hormone, which makes the leaves change color and drop off.
0: Okay. The leaves are not changing color, per se. What it is, and this is, it's funny because we've talked about this in shows past, and we might as well talk about it now. Customer asks for a red maple, okay, Acer rubrum, and there's a lot. It. Customer asks for a red maple, so we we say, okay, you want a a maple that is red in the fall, and they're like, that's what I want. Excellent. So we bring the <laughs> we bring the tree on site, and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, that's a red maple, but isn't it supposed to be red? Yeah, in the fall. And they're like, no, 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 no. What's the one that's red all year round? None. None are red all year round. Talking about a Japanese maple, which is not even red all year round. So many times clients equate or clients think that a Crimson King maple is a red maple. For our audience that doesn't know, growingseasoncanada.com. Click on Show Bits. That's the visual accompaniment to the show. You'll see a picture of a Crimson King maple. Crimson King maple is Merlot color all year round. They're also... Sorry? Why? Well, it's got to have something to do with pigment. Okay, why? I don't
2: know. Okay, so in order to get really a a definite uh, strong pigment on on your, say, your Canadian reds or your sugars and so forth. Yeah. What uh, a tree or a plant, in this case a tree, has to do is it has to move the phosphates out of its stems and leaves and into its roots. And, it, and it, that's what it does, Matt. It moves the phosphates out. Whoa. So in order for the colors to become more vibrant. And that's where you get your, your <laughs> anthocyanins, which are basically responsible <laughs> for all your, your really rich tones that you see in our maples today. Now, uh, could confirm- I, I make one correction here along the way? Yeah, Matt, ethylene has to do with leaf drop only. I, I was mistaken. Okay. Uh,
1: b-
0: way, way too deep here into the swamps of science. Okay. No, hold on. No, 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 no. Wait. I haven't done my thing yet. Hold on, Tiger. So customer, customer thinks that a red maple is supposed to be red all year round. It's not. Here's what happens. That red maple that you got, that beautiful sunset or that bliss or that sunrise maple that you've Ambers. got. Sorry, embers. Am- Any of those ones, okay? Any of those wonderful new age in the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years on the Acer rubrum. Those trees are going to be green all the way through the year. And in fact, it's interesting. My My little seven-year-old son he was at the park a couple of days back with and they were doing a socially distance actually this is this is wild socially distance recess because my kids are doing distance learning in the Peel District School Board so we we basically have a little bubble of other kids that are also doing distance learning that are roughly in their same grade okay so they're at the park and at this park near our area they there uh, there are a couple of red maples so one little kid runs by and says oh that's a silver maple my son stops and looks up at it, and the stems on the leaves are red. My son said, no, that's a red maple. Kid's like, no, that's silver. He goes, nope. Red stems, red maple. <laughs> and so, and he's, and he's dead right? Right. The only thing red about a red maple during the during the spring and summer is that the stems are going to have a reddish hue. It's noticeable. It's the only. Do you know what, Matt? Even the blooms. That yeah. The maple are, are red. Have, are reddish. Are red. When the photosynthesis, when the production of photosynthesis begins to cut, begins to die down in the fall, that green that is created by the photosynthesis begins to stop. And then you finally get to see the actual color of your red maple. The number of times that I've had to explain this to a client, they're like, you didn't give me what I asked for, but you asked for a red maple. This is what you've got, right? That's where botanical comes into play,
2: right? Agreed.
0: Agreed. So this is where now, and maybe it was our mistake in the past. This is where now when they say red maple, I'm like, do you mean this or do you mean this? Because once the tree's in the ground, I don't want to... (laughs) I'm not interested in moving it again. (laughs) So, Matthew,
2: here's a question for you. I've noticed this on our our travels around lately, and we've had a number of frosts up our way, especially in the Bolton area. So does frost affect fall color? No. Why? Because it doesn't. It, It has to do with light. Okay. So, Mom, is there anything you want to add to that?
1: Frost can actually screw up fall color.
2: It diminishes it.
1: It can diminish it. Can yeah. what,
2: It can dull it. It dulls. Yeah. It washes out your fall color. And what also it does Matt is it speeds up leaf drop. So that so you could have a leaf that's going to have a very vibrant color, right? But because of the frost coming along, more one frost, two frost, whatever, all of a sudden it speeds up the leaf drop. The leaves fall off before you even get the show. And that's why it fall. You know the frost really
0: sucks in the fall. Now, one of the uh, for our audience. You have the, you have a a parent or a grandfather or such that, that does the, you know, we only had like one pair of pants for 17 kids and we had one shoe. So either none of us wore shoes or only one of us wore the one (laughs) shoe and it was uphill both ways to school and it snowed 13 months of the year. So my father routinely would say "Eh," towards the end of August. He'd walk around and start pointing to trees. Look at that. Fall color changing earlier. And I would say yes. And he's like, stress. You always said that. Sure is. There's truth to that. And there's not truth to that. Okay, Okay. so then I
2: don't want to hear you say it anymore. You freaking liar. Okay. Since you know about your,
0: your frost. Yeah. What does shade do to fall color? Well, if shade, if from what we know about shade gardens, if that means anything. What this would effectively mean is that if the tree is in a shadier location, you're going to get a duller fall color. No. Okay. You no. we'll actually will
2: actually get the fall
0: color to speed up, it comes quicker,
2: and generally for the most part, it's probably better. If you think about a tree, Matt, let's say, let's pick your Acer Rubrum, okay? Okay. So if you look at that tree, that tree may have all different shades of reds or oranges right. on the same tree. I, okay. And so what you'll notice is that those leaves themselves, for the most part, are probably shading each other. So you can get different amounts of light hitting the leaves at different times of the day and so forth. So they said that if you were in that tree, exact tree, was out in full sun, then it would get, the the fall would come
0: later because there's more chlorophyll. Simple as that. Really? Really cool, eh? Okay. Because I had had always assumed that... Assume. Yes. You make an ass of Uh, you and me, right? So we have the leaves changing color and then there's this neat little thing called the... Wait wait wait, 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 One more thing. Yes. Okay,
2: on pigment. So you got your yellows and your oranges and that, which is basically to do with carotenoids, right? Yeah. Anthocyanins or everything else, all your nice reds, purples and golds and so forth as well, but deep hues, okay?
0: All the deep hues. What's the brown leaves about? What's the brown leaves? Well, if the, if the stem is basically shutting off the flow of whatever is the stem shutting off the flow of water
2: no it's just no brown is just basically no pigment whatsoever because the cells are dead so therefore it's not doing anything you're right it's basically not drawing anything so it's been shut down and yet they haven't fallen off and which is one tree that still keeps the brown leaves even after everything else is shed or two trees let's two say.
0: yeah and one of them is my favorite okay fagus sylvatica good or fagus Beach? And what's the other? Quercus. Oak. Okay.
2: So it, it all works the same way, Matt. You, you get trees like, say, ash, uh, sycamore. Well, nobody has so an ash forth. anymore. No, no. But <laughs> you, you, you would get ash and sycamore. They'd be the first ones that show up, right? Yeah. So they would be the yellow tones coming on. And then, you, of course, you would get all your richer tones depending on what the tree is. But a lot of your things like maples and so forth, it would get intenser colors, bit richer pigments, all to do with the amount of sugar. Content that's available to the to the trees, leaves on the tree itself. Think about wow. think about that one.
0: This is where we talk about four season interest, there, audience. As well, is that we have many clients that say, "Well, I'd like to make sure that we have four season interest," which means something to look at in all four seasons. Well, you don't necessarily just need to have or just need to use evergreen trees as your winter interest, because your beach will hold on to the leaves. In fact, they hold on onto the leaves all winter, and they only defoliate. When the new ones push the leaves off in the spring. Or a couple other things. It could be wind,
2: rain, snow, that kind of stuff. But it's one of those, it's a couple of those rare birds where it actually probably takes the new leaf formation to actually physically push the old leaves off. It's just one of those ones out there, Matt, that are so cool and I think are one of the things that
0: makes our job so interesting. And nothing looks cooler than looking at your winter garden and you see a beech tree or an oak tree and they've got the icicles hanging off of them, it looks absolutely awesome. Oh, it's stellar. The only issue would be is that in the springtime now you've got... (laughs) More leaves. You have have more leaves, right? (laughs) While we're on the topic of beach, is it just me or are these things finicky? In what way? Just with regards to water, with regards to transport, with regards to... They seem like a pretty finicky little tree. I don't know, Matt. In the end, if you water something
2: enough, if you fertilize it enough and you give it the most rudimentary amount of care... I think that most people can grow just about anything, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I know this summer was a, a test, okay, for it, gardeners. This is, yeah,
0: this summer was absolutely, well, when you, like when you hear about, what was it, 130 degrees in Death Valley?
2: I oh, know, it was ridiculous, Matt. But, you know, people get into the fall, and, and for myself personally, it's, not, it's the fall color. It's not the amount of leaves that a tree produces. But when, for those out there, our listeners out there that want to know, let's say atypically an oak tree, a large, mature oak tree will produce anywhere from 222,000 to 400,000 leaves. So in, in, in the end, that's a lot that's of raking. That's,
0: that's, that's, that's a lot of raking. But here's the best part, Matt. Wait a what? minute. 80% of it goes over to your neighbor's That's place. it. That's right. Donation. <laughs> Donate. Right. And with oaks, it's great because we have oaks lining our, our street. And those things, it can be the stillest day. And those things are shaking for all the squirrels. Another little interesting tidbit. I was doing a landscape job on a site that was covered in mature trees. And I did not realize that like when it when a walnut or a chestnut falls off the tree and hits you in the head. Oh, it's hard. It hurts. It it hurts. Legitimately hurts. Mm, yeah. Like it one got me, but the neighbor had a deck and you kept hearing this. Doof! all day and it's what, what the heck is that sound and it's the walnuts or they were either walnuts or chestnuts falling off the tree and it sounds like dropping a baseball onto a wooden piece like on onto a piece of plywood it's I know, crazy
2: man, i know man up at the cottage i remember where i was up with sega beach and later in the summer and you'd hear the acorns falling off the tree and hitting the ground and it was like somebody was whacking it with a big hammer <coughs> it's true but man i got a, one question here for you quickly so, so quickly speaking if, uh, why are trees doing this in the first place? Why are they changing color? Why are
0: they dropping the leaves? Why are they doing this? Because we're going to talk about that on the other side. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. On the other side, we shall answer <laughs> that question and pose many more. This is The Growing Season right here on News Talks, like at 960 AM. We're back, you're tuned into the growing season right here on News Talk, it's like at 9:60 a.m. Before we answer Dad's question of why do the trees do it and why, son, blah blah blah. blah. Want to make sure that we throw a birthday shout out to Miss Elizabeth Strong, one of our longtime and most devoted listeners. She turns—I don't know what she turns—and you never reveal a lady's age, but on October the 8th, so this coming week, she will have her birthday. Many, many happy birthdays from the people here at the Growing Season, guys. Let's give her a bit of happy a happy birthday, Elizabeth. Happy birthday, Elizabeth! Fantastic. Okay.
2: Answer my question:
0: Why do they do this? Yes, why? Well, they have to dispense of their leaves. Why? Otherwise, it's they're they're more susceptible to salt, wind, and whatever damage throughout okay. the winter. Okay, you're close. You're really close. Okay, this is my boy. Yeah. Okay, so I've been around, you know.
2: Sure, I'm ahead. forty-two. They, don't, they want to store as much energy for the following season as possible, okay? And that includes things like starches and, and anything else that you can think of, which basically are, are stored in the roots, okay? But anyways, what they're doing is they want to protect themselves over the winter from things like you just said, wind or snow damage. So what they do is they need this to have all their leaves gone. Otherwise, they're going to be susceptible to having broken branches and all this kind of thing. But there are some exceptions to the fact, of course, evergreens don't do this. Right. Evergreens, because of their shape. Because of uh, their AFP. AFPs, their cutin. Um, everything else. Oh, I said it, I'm there. Everything else. Ooh. ooh losing mm-hmm. it. Everything else. Now, in Russia,
0: pop. do they call cutin Putin? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe cutin's Putin's brother. <laughs> and he's cuter. <laughs> this Putin is cutin' than this guy. But anyways,
2: Matt, good segue. Let's move yeah. into that for once. We're we'll talking about Putin? Not Putin. Oh. We were on evergreens. Let's segue our way into. Hold on a second. No,
0: no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Can maples grow in Florida? Sure. Do they shed? Yeah.
2: Why not? Okay. So the oaks—they call it live oaks. Okay. What about Mexico? Uh I guess they would have a
0: have. You know what? I don't know. I I don't know either. This is why I'm asking this question because if this is designed to shed, and it has to do with light, but like if you—the closer you are to the equator, the less you're going to be dealing with. Differences in seasons, right? But night is night. It has to night. do with the
2: wobble of the of the what is it called? The wobble of the planet, or yeah?
1: How the Actually, at the equator, and I'm not taking this from any learned journal I read. I'm taking it from a movie I watched years ago. But they don't get as long a twilight. Because okay, because they're the center but of the This is what Earth. I'm saying. Like, so, like you'd think that there's got to be areas
0: where they're not. These maples would not be getting. A similar day-night ratio that they are here in the wherever we are, as well as basically take that longitude, latitude, and and, and bring it all the way across. Does that affect shed? Does that affect Sh- fall color? Fall color, yes, because
2: all night has to, okay. Night is constant, and that's why they, there's really uh, night is the reason why most of, most of the times they refer to what is one of the main uh, let, let's call it the the main reason why fall color happens right universally, right? Yeah. But in this case, I would say because they have a certain length of of night, I don't think it really matters hmm. where in the world you are. I'm not up on whether or not they grow a lot of of uh, various maples in say places like California or Florida, but I think they do. Matt, you know what? We were in in California, and they're growing okay with even with all their droughts. They were growing Betula papyrifera. Oh, there's, an, there's a there's a yeah yeah a Latin you son of a Betula. <laughs> Bet you love. So, you know, Matt, so they were growing them there
0: and they had a drought for like seven years. In December in California, are you seeing deciduous trees that would be growing here defoliated? Yeah, I would say yes. Because, you know, we even have
2: sycamore here and they're they're definitely defoliated in, in uh, say, wild. November-ish. There. That's wild. I don't think mm-hmm. it really matters. But, Matt... All in all, because like I said segue our way in. Yeah. Okay. So, let's segue our way in on, say, the larch, Larix decidua. Okay. okay. And that's a deciduous… Conifer. Conifer. And why is it a
0: deciduous conifer, Matthew? Well, a deciduous conifer, this is, this is a slight misnomer. Okay. This is, this is a unicorn. There aren't, there aren't many of these things. So, a Larix decidua is a tree… That has needles and cones that sheds those needles and cones in a similar fashion to how deciduous trees, i.e., your maples, would be shedding in the fall. My dad told a story where a client came in and said, "What's wrong with these trees? Why do they keep dying?" My dad's like, "It's a larch. This is what it does. It sheds." So, it's a very interesting. It's 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 one of what the hemlock does it. Two? The, okay, so the large or tamarack
2: is another That's name for it. Yeah. And uh, also the Don Redwoods, which is what? Metasequoia glypsoboides. That's one of the ones that mom used to threaten her kids with at school when she oh, was there. the
1: secret's out.
2: And then, of course, uh, the cypress, the, the cypress. Okay, Matt, there's another one that sheds, uh, which is also a deciduous conifer. But Matt, all in all, if you, if you go and look at uh, predominantly the flowering shrubs in the fall, uh, with exception to, say, hydrangea or gold flames or any of these that stay on a relatively small size, most of these things are generally, for the most part, Matt, highly, highly invasive, okay? Yep. So they, they become very large and get out of hand. And one of the worst ones out there is something called prunus
0: virginiana. What's that? Prunus virginiana would be a cherry. okay? Yes. What's, what's bad about it? It gets high. This is a, they call this a shrub, this is a tree. I mean, come on, this thing gets 30 feet high, 10 to 20 feet wide, right? Uh, it's uh, basically, the. Fr- it, it actually fruits April to July, red fruit, purple, black fruit. Uh, choke cherries have three to 5,000 seeds. So what's pertinent about that, Matt? The problem is that this has got a, they have a cyanide. Yes. Inside the fruit. So
2: the, the actual fruit itself is quite edible. Uh, yeah. People make jellies and jams <laughs> and so forth. So when the birds would eat it. What happens is they no problem. They they eat the, the the nice fruity portion of it, but they poop out, of course, the seeds. So this is what happens: it gets everywhere. These seeds get everywhere, and then these things start growing everywhere. Wait a minute! Now hold on a second. Uh, so, it's the seeds have a cyanide. I said the fruit. Oh no, I didn't okay. hear that. Sorry, okay. Matt. Okay. No, but all in all, Matt, it's it's a it's a. I consider it a very unusual tree. It gets lots of nice, interesting. Anyway, from the uh, goes red, then later on, it looks so like green, red, and then black. And then, the, of course, the it seems like the birds really know when it's uh, ready to go. And, yeah. they, and then they will come and it. Well, it's the same as it. your service berries. Sure.
0: Right? If you ever, like, people make service berry jam and Saskatoon berry jam and all the stuff. But like you never see the berries because the birds get to them first.
2: Sure. And then, you know, you got another one, Matt, if you were talking about, you like a rule of four, four, four different seasons. Yep. But another one I, I actually kind of like the fall color on is the Acer Janala. And you know anything about that one, Lenny?
1: That's the amber maple. And it's from China. It's out of China. Yeah. What? 1860. Yeah. yeah. It came yeah. around. Yeah. So what do they call it Chinese maple? There's a Japanese maple. I think there is an area in China. I think there's an amber lake somewhere in China. I'm only guessing. And this maple came from there. So
0: this is, and I'm going to be a hypocrite here. The burning bush, I go on and on about this thing. And again, if you go outside now, this is when this thing is the most valuable. The rest of the year, back your stinking dump truck over it. Who cares? It's a. It, it's honestly, it's useless. And yet, the amber maple, or as what I'm going to refer to it now, from you know going forward, is the Chinese maple. Okay, the the amber maple is effectively the same thing as your burning bush. It doesn't really do anything the rest of the year. It has one other thing, Matt. What does it do? Honestly, it, it would
2: make a fairly decent-sized tree on a small lot. I would have to say that's one of the benefits. Okay. And it does have a leaf that looks very much like a maple leaf, and I think it's a lot it's a, prettier than the burning bush. It's a maple leaf.
0: Sure, I love it, Matt. It's, okay, but a, for fall G- and Fall color. And again, the big draw here is your fall color, okay? Fantastic. But... This is the micro machine of maples. It's maple leaf is what? A third of the size of a regular maple leaf. Even less. They're just little, little, little maple leaf. Okay. It gets insane fall color. And as my dad said, this would be a wonderful small tree. This is one that falls into what? These things get what? 10 to 15 feet tall. About three point seven six meters. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> where's your where's your metric conversion chart, you ten, jackass? Ten feet roughly to Okay, yeah. So the problem with that is you can't really even consider this a tree. It's that in-between thing, right? Even an ivory silk, okay, syringa reticulata, that gets eighteen to twenty at the max. This is one of those is it a tree, is it a shrub? So, on but you a know what, Matt? Wait a minute,
2: it's seven seven point six meters, or or basically uh, twenty five feet high. It's still a pretty good sized tree, wouldn't you think? On a small lot, for what? For the amber maple, wouldn't you, that be? You just said it got it got ten feet. I said three feet to seven. Sorry, three to
0: seven seven point six meters. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So again, though, th- this is one of those ones I've never seen one that big. I've never seen one that big. Oh, but, I have all over the place, Matt. Okay, I I haven't. All right, but the point is that. This would be, it's kind of that in between between the tree and the shrub. So, a burning bush is just a useless shrub, whereas at least the amber maple, you can get into some tree. Sure. It feels like a bit of a tree, okay? Right. Now, while we're on the topic of useless, we might as well flip over to stinking staghorn sumac, because that's useless as well. But the only issue or the only saving grace with this thing is its invasiveness, now that's going to sound like a persistence. Complete, yes, okay. That's going to sound like a completely backwards thing to say. Wait a minute, this this idiot is is extolling the virtues of this thing's invasiveness. Yes, there are certain areas that if you just want it to be taken over by something that will look spectacular eventually, and you don't ever have to do anything to it ever again, Sumax, your thing. We had a, I had a client. I actually recommended this to this person. They have a Gabion basket situation and. They have – it's a it's a gabion basket in their back in, in their backyard. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. You're going to see ex- exactly what a gabion basket is. And they have this little line of topso up above. I said, why don't you throw staghorn up there? Throw sumac. It, take it away. You don't have to worry about it ever again. But, you know, Matt, the only problem
2: with it is, okay, it does get six to nine meters high. So it gets pretty big. But – My only concern is that usually the the growth is almost to the very tips of the brand. It is. Yeah. It gets leggy. It gets very (laughs) leggy looking. And so what we used to recommend in the past was we would say use something like Rus Aromatica, which is a fragrant sumac on the lower portion of the So it wouldn't look so bare at the bottom. And so it was just a matter of working with what you had. But the fall color, with all the fruit on it and everything, it's hard
0: to beat, Matthew. And there's
2: nothing that looks like the
0: seed head. On a on a
1: roost typhina, on a on a staghorn. No, not at all. It looks beautiful. Mom? And you know what family it's a member of? The, the Asteraceae. Asteraceae. No, it's not Asteraceae. What? It's the cashew family. It's
0: from the cashew family, Matthew. No, it's lies. Everything's part of the Asteraceae family. <laughs> this Mike that I'm speaking into right now happens to be a member of the Asteraceae family. So, Matthew, I have
2: found that over, over the series of time we've been doing our discussions on plants and so forth, here's one that never really gets any sort of credence, Okay. And that is the snowball. Okay? Okay. So the, the thing about the snowball or European, European high bush cranberry. Excellent, yeah, cool. excellent. And again, it has the, we're going to be doing a show in another week or two on, on berries and nuts. And this thing has an amazing- um, There'll be some jokes there. Huh? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Matt, the white bloom in say June, July, and it takes just about any conditions you could possibly throw at it. And on top of that, Matt- Fall color. You get amazing fall color. So this And is, it, it
0: gets berries. And You're absolutely right, and we're going to be—we're going to be. It's a red berry to yep. boot, and it's beautiful. And nothing looks like that red berry; it almost looks fake. You know the—you know what it looks like. You know the balls on poinsettia. How the poinsettia gets those little, like balls. Yeah. No, like <laughs> in you know, the middle of the- in, in the middle of the plant, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. the European highbush cranberry stuff. Look, is like that's—it's—it's it's that spherical.
2: You know Matt? In the end, they—I uh, know that people uh, would think about using it as. Uh, an edible fruit. And I, I, from what I understand, it you could do that. But it takes absolutely any <laughs> conditions whatsoever as well. And then I mentioned the fall color. Are fantastic. But Matt, you had a – what was it? A, wait, hold on a, a second. Is
0: this thing is – is that a member of the Viburnum family?
2: Yes. So does it get powdery mildew? Viburnum, op- oh, big time. So don't switch around. Don't put it into too much shade because you're going to get powdery mildew. Yeah. But Matt, you had a, a Japanese maple in your backyard. And you did. And you replanted it again with a new one, right? Right. And the, and the variety you had was Waterfall. Waterfall And your fall color was, bar none, one of the prettiest, right? Yeah, creamsicle orange. So you switched it out to a what? I have a crimson queen now, so no fall color. Well, kind of yes, kind of no. Okay, they they say that it will get bits of shades of maybe even pinks and lighter purples. I haven't seen it yet. No. So there's another thing for for our listeners. Uh, you, You must understand, if a tree is already purple or something like this to begin with, generally speaking, it doesn't have much of a fall color underneath. So all those ones out there who have all sorts of your crimson kings and so forth, your, your colors are going to be basically yellow. And in other cases, it's going to be brown. How did they do this? Do what? You mean the, you the purple? Genetic- how do they, they do that? I don't know, Matthew. Somewhere over, the, over, over a period of time, somebody saw something that had a tinge of purple. They hybridized it at the genetic
0: level and they come up with something that was purple. While we're on the topic of this, because we, we, we've mentioned the crimson king on the previous segment. Crimson King is just a variety of a, of something called a Norway maple. Okay, Acer Platinoides. Terrible tree. Terrible, terrible tree. Absolutely weakly branched, gross tree. Gets awful tar spot. The only redeeming quality about the Crimson King maple is you can't really see the disgusting even tar the Norway right? Norway has it even worse. <laughs> yeah. But the that's the this is the prized one that our clients were mistaking were, were mistaking for a red maple. They were actually talking about a a Crimson King. Don't plant them. Just don't do it. It's just not... It, honestly, this is not... If, if you want purple all year round, flip over to a beach. Do it. That's the one to get. Have you seen the tricolor beach? Have you seen these things? Yes. Very Wild very. looking. Wild and, looking And Matt, tree. you say they don't really have much of
2: a show in the fall, but I no. like the way it changes slightly. Even the a little bit of a mottled look to it gives it such a cool
0: look. It does. There is a bit of a dappled, like someone's almost yep. spray painted paint to it.
2: So man, I have a... An oakleaf hydrangea growing at the house here, Quercifolia. Uh, me too. Hydrangea Quercifolia. Yeah. Well, I actually never physically seen this thing bloom. Okay. Yeah. And I know it has basically a white, creamy white bloom or something going on the variety. Well, well, you got a slippers in there too. I do now, new ones. But Matt, I have to tell you though, even though I hadn't seen the flower, the fall color is
0: bar none, one uh, of the best. Knockout, drag out, fantastic, unbelievable. So it, I would okay if you were to ask me for one plant. Okay, I'm not talking about large shrub, because if you're going to get into a larger shrub or smallest tree for fall color, it's got to be downy serviceberry, okay? But if you were to say one plant, one flowering quote unquote shrub that, that you should be putting in that has fall color as one of the arrows in its quiver, it's got to be oak leaf hydrangea. The sure. thing flowers. The leaf shape is weird looking. You can put these things near walkways and they can take salt because it dies back to the ground in the fall. And the fall color is, I remember coming up to your place and being like that. What is that? That's an oak leaf hydrangea. Unreal. So, Maddie, how much time do we have left? In about uh, seven minutes. So, Matt, we should maybe, I,
2: I want to hit ivies for one second just oh because boy. they have a damn fine fall color. Yeah, but don't plant them. Everything else is kind of. Don't plant them. Don't plant them. Yeah. But if you've got an old fence or an ugly pile of gravel or dirt somewhere and you <laughs> want to cover it, uh, any of the Engelmans or the Bostons will do just fine. But don't put them on your house. No, don't go anywhere near your house because of the hold fast. Okay, they actually damage your your siding or any your brick on your homes. Yeah, they also have that cool. The Engelmanns has that cool, almost like a, a grape-like berry that's on it. Yeah, and and that's attractive as well. But Matt,
0: we should really hit. Some have of- you ever seen? Have you ever seen the damage, like with your own two eyes? Yes. Because we we talked about vines, hedges, and vines on a show previous months back, and I put the, some information up regarding. The damage that these suckers can cause on homes. And there were some deniers. There were some people denying that this exists. No, no, no. They can't damage the modern brick. But you've seen this with your own tool. I've seen it. Well, especially the old clay brick, especially. We were over, we had a client in the Caledon area on the Gore Road. And I remember she had, she had the ivy growing up the side of the house. And when we went to pull it off, it was pulling parts of the brick off. Sure. Sure, and you've you got to look
2: at some of these places where they would have this ivy growing on them, would be older style homes, especially down in the Toronto area and all through the United yep. States and so forth. But these hold fast, get right in into the actual uh, stone or, sorry, the brick in, and. And even the, the clay, mortar in and, between. And actually just will separate it and break it down. It's yep. just think of it the same way that what salt damage would do to your brick.
0: Or what about a, a willow root system? Burrowing its way into your foundation and sure. then it begins to expand and it oh, just yeah. blasts. People uh. don't
2: believe that it can actually physically go through your foundation wall. Yep. Well, okay. it can. Okay. It can. If Absolutely. it needs water or a nutrient, it will go wherever it wants to go. But Matt, let's hit trees for a few minutes because we really got to yes, hit let's. some of the heavy hitters.
0: Yep. So let's try. Okay, let's sh- not mention Acer rubrum because nope, we've mentioned nope. that to death. Sugar, maple. Yeah. Acer
2: saccharum. Nah. Go ahead, hit it. Yellow. Oh, come on. Yellow, yellow. fall color. No.
0: Sugar maple gets a yellow fall color. Yes, it does.
2: Yeah. But the thing is, Matt, it can, the, the leaves can go from yellow to orange to red in the fall. And they also have pyramidal varieties of it. Yeah. So you can get, if you want to have something not so uh, encompassing on your property, like not a one kind of thing on your property, front lawn, backyard, or whatever. Uh, they also make nice uh, liners going down the other side of your driveway. What's the size of these
0: things? So they can grow- The average. The average and I'm not talking about the centuries or any of the-, or any of the, of the like pre-middle stuff? 35 meters. So approximately... 35 yeah. meters? Meters, yep. High? Yeah. So 100 feet. Over 100 feet. Yeah. see, this is not this is not something to put on. A no, sub- no. A subdivision backyard. But there. no, if you... Cool, that's my tree in my house. I'm an Ewok. I live in my tree. Yes. But Matt, come on. It's the National Tree of Canada. Give the thing a break. I completely agree. Again, though, this is... We're getting into aircraft carrier. This is all about size of the property, right? Sure. And Matt... Just remember,
2: this tree is probably going to outlive your home. It's yeah. over 200 years. And then if you got, you know, you don't want to
0: talk about our little friend, the, the Canadian red, but that one goes over 300 years. Right. Okay. If we're going to listen, if we're, if we're on to yellows, and you know my, my, my disdain for yellow fall color, but we might as well touch on the ginkgo biloba. Okay. Right? One of the prettiest yellow trees, as well as the only leaf that looks like that. Right? So imagine that as yellow, and the and the thing too is the is the females all smell like crap. So whatever, <laughs> that's not nice. They, they're terrible. I know. Right? No, only once they hit maturity, and then they begin to get sweaty, <laughs> like us in this room. Yeah,
2: one of the most unique
0: leaf shaped out there, man. I agree, absolutely. Next to the uh, Tulipifera Liriodendron, tulip tree. That's with, a strange-looking leaf too. Except the blooms are all at the top. Yeah, and people yeah, want to yeah, see the blooms. Right. Yeah. scaffolding out. Rent a helicopter, yeah, an aeroplane, or
2: something, <laughs> and see the, the flowers on their tree. <laughs> Three minutes. Go. So Matt, I would have to say I know you don't like the anything that's got yellow. Yeah. But something's got kind of a cool yellow as well as say your ginkgo biloba would be your trembling aspen. Yep.
0: Although I don't, don't plant them.
2: No. Again, you need a you need a decent-sized property. And out west, uh, Lynn, Lynn, your your mom, my my wife, your mother's <laughs> yeah. The other person on the mic here on yeah. the other mic, yeah. She her dad had them growing on the property.
0: It, it's, they're fantastic. The only problem is these are pioneer trees, and they're super weakly barked or weakly wooded. <laughs> and anyway, uh, they need some Viagra because they're weakly wooded. But <laughs> they they tend to they get pulpy. They tend to drop. They're they're in the, they're they're part of the birch thing where you're dealing with sort of a bit of a collapsible
2: tree here. Well, the bark's super cool, Matt. It comes in all different colors, of course. Mostly white. When people would think of white birds, they would think of the trunk on a on a trembling aspirin, for instance. Uh, but, Matt, you're wrong on the length of time. They can live up to 200 years, these things. Really? So they are pretty long livers. But they do have a lot uh In the spring, they have these catkins, which is basically their flower. Yeah. And I, I think uh, it almost has red blushes in the fall on the yellow leaves. So don't knock it.
0: Many thanks to Bill and Carol Danbrook, who are probably listening right now, for allowing me to plant the first birch I've probably planted in about 20 years.
2: Right? You know why? Why? Because of all the stupid leaf miner and yeah. birch borer. And it kind of turned us off, Matt. And we didn't want to go the chemical route for, for the most I part. Agree. Birches
0: are one, man. It's you a, start it's getting a, into some real chemical stuff.
1: Do you know that you can make... Uh, birch gives syrup, too. And you can make a sweet treat from that. They sell it out west. Birch syrup. What? Yeah. Anything
2: has... You can get maple syrup from a maple
0: tree, but you can get any sort of syrup from other trees, Matt. So confirm or deny that uh, the syrup coming from a smoke bush, in fact, tastes smoked.
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remember, Matthew, it's a... 40, wow, this tastes like tobacco.
2: <laughs> it's a 40 to 1 ratio. Okay, what so is the 40, 40 gallons of of liquid to one gallon of maple syrup to make the syrup. Ga- yeah.
0: So ladies and gents, go outside and start sucking on your smoke bushes. This is a great place to press stop. That's it. First one back. Three of us in the same room feels pretty good. If you would like to have us on your property, growingseasoncanada.com, click on TGS Tiny Gardens. That is the modus operandi. That is how we sort of address the subdivision landscape. Most of us are living in a subdivision area. If you are not, well, awesome for you. And you can start getting into some aircraft carriers and some battleships on your properties, as well as if you want to contact us, no problem. Growingseasoncanada.com, click on contact as well as landscape designs and consults. All of that is happening right now. In fact, I love getting to that stuff over the winter so that I don't have to get to it involved in the spring. What's up, Dad?
2: So just think about this, Matthew. This is, we just did our anniversary show last week. That's 52. This is 52 plus one. We're starting all over into
0: our next year. Unbelievable, isn't it? it, it was, you know what, Matthew? It's been a lot of fun with you. I appreciate it. Speaking of 50, first time in 50 years that Landscape, Landscape Ontario Congress is not happening.
1: It's at all. Funny. I was thinking about that. Not it's even not
0: virtually? Virtually. But first time in 50 years at Landscape... Ontario's Congress which is their January trade show for our listeners is not happening in person first time in 50 years it's really a shame
2: I know that the blooms were, was cancelled this year yep. as well Yeah, and I miss that a lot Matthew but this time around it's all the trades guys and uh, I want to I wanted to kind of you know touch base with some of them but yep. I guess we won't we won't be doing that this nope. year
0: okay so we always end off with a joke now there's going to be a brand new protocol here check this out I get the joke I throw it to mom mom throws to dad we out check this out eve wore a fig leaf in the garden but what did adam wear guys i don't know i don't know
1: (laughs) adam wore a hole in that fig leaf (laughs) everybody have a good one and be safe
2: jack out
0: if you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts don't panic Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.